0: Hi, I'm Alex,
1: and I'm Amy.
0: Our project is called Mind, Body and Soul, The Nature of Well-Being. And this podcast is just one small piece of the overall project. We are making a documentary that follows our hike on the Continental Divide Trail that will explore how spending time in nature affects a person's mental, physical, and spiritual well-being.
1: We are guinea pigs in a sense because we will be documenting our own experiences and recording changes that we find. Along the way, we are interviewing people about their experiences in nature to see how they have been affected.
0: Much of the benefits that come from being in nature are subjective, and therefore hard to measure in a quantifiable way. That's why we have turned to recording stories as a way to distribute this knowledge. Since the beginning of human culture, we have compressed valuable information into stories, and that's how we have shared wisdom throughout the generations.
1: We hope that the stories we gathered during this project will help spread some of the wisdom that can be found in the wilderness.
0: An interview with Amy Robin, just before starting the Continental Divide Trail. Amy has been through a lot in her life. By the time she was in her mid-twenties, she had experienced more hardships than many people feel in a lifetime. Amy grew up fast because she had no choice. She had been supporting herself since she was 16, Those hard times made her into a very strong person, but not without a cost. She was left with a lot of emotional scars and toxic thought patterns. Amy hopes to address some of these things on the Continental Divide Trail, where for the first time in her life, she will have the time and the freedom to explore her past and her mind, to rebuild the way that she thinks about herself and the world around her.
1: (laughs) My name is Amy Robin. I am 32 years old, and I am a product support technician at Dinojet Research Incorporated. This is Minnow, and she is my partner in crime. She's my Batman, and I'm her Robin.
0: Walk me through the process of telling Joe about your, your leaving.
1: Telling Joe was really hard. Joe is my boss at Dinojet Research. So I just decided to do it that day, and I was trying to figure out what day would be best to tell him, whether it would be a Friday and he had the weekend to think about it, or a day where I was there the next day, and then I just ended up telling him like on a Wednesday. and it was in the morning before everybody else came to work, and I walked into his office, and I handed him my letter of resignation, and I couldn't even tell him that I was quitting. (laughs) It's gonna make me cry now.
0: (laughs) How do you feel about leaving your job?
1: I am torn. I am torn about leaving my job because I'm quitting my life basically and I'm leaving a good paying job and jumping into a huge leap of faith that this is going to be something great.
0: How did you first hear about thru-hiking and what did you think it was when you first heard about it?
1: When I first heard about thru-hiking, I didn't know what thru-hiking was. I know what hiking is and I know what long distance hiking is, but I didn't really know what through hiking was, or at least I didn't know that there was a term for, for that. Um, I mean, I knew what through hiking was. I just didn't know that there was a term through hiking. But I understand the concept of walking for days and days and days and days and days. And days. But I didn't understand how they got their food. I didn't understand how they got their water. Um, I knew about the CDT, just because I drive through from here to Butte and there's signs about the CDT and I've talked about it and stuff, but, yeah.
0: Was it something that interested you early on?
1: Through hiking did interest me. Um, I didn't know anybody that's ever done it. I didn't know, I didn't really know how to do it or what the stages of it was or, I don't wanna say I didn't know anything about it because I do, but I didn't understand like I guess the full concept of it.
0: When did you begin to understand like what through hiking really is? Like it's, I mean, it's more than just walking for days
1: um i began to understand what through hiking was when i met alex my boyfriend um he taught me that it can be a good time of solitude where you can process your thoughts without distractions it appealed to me for sure Um, It was scary, (laughs) it's a scary thought, that's for sure, but I've always been um, one with nature, I guess you could say, but I've always been drawn to nature, but it definitely was a scary thought and it was something that I felt like I always wanted to do even before I met Alex.
0: Did you, you didn't really get into the outdoors until you came to
1: Montana? Um, I moved to Montana when I was about 10 years old, ish. I got more so into the outdoors when I came to Montana. I've done camping and stuff before I moved here and I've always have been drawn to being outside but never like backpacking or hiking or anything like that until I moved to Montana.
0: What was the progression from like coming here to becoming a hunter and getting into camping and stuff like that?
1: Um, when I first moved to Montana, I didn't really like Montana. <laughs> to be honest, I thoroughly disenjoyed moving here. Um, I moved from a city where there's parks and there's lots of people and there's just always something going on. And I moved to Montana and it felt like there was nothing. There wasn't that many people. Um, There just wasn't that many things to go and do. And then I learned that most of these people around here go outside. (laughs) They go camping, they go hiking, they go fishing, they go and just, sit outside, go to the park and enjoy, enjoy the beauty of Montana. And I've learned to enjoy that. And I learned um, that I really liked it and I fell in love with it and I don't think I would ever leave. Um, I met some friends where they were even more into the outdoors um, and that brought me along into hunting. I The very first time I went hunting, I wasn't actually hunting. I just went with somebody who was hunting. And we drove up into a mountain in my van. And if you live in Montana, you know that there's snow everywhere. <laughs> and that probably wasn't the wisest decision. My van broke down and, <laughs> and we kind of got stuck there. But we went went hunting anyways and enjoyed the best of it. Um, And that was my very first hunting experience. It was really cold. And we were just outdoors the whole time. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. I enjoy being outside. So that was fun. Um, I don't, trying to think back. I don't think I ever did not enjoy that trip other than being scared of how we were going to get home.
0: Yeah, what happened with
1: that? Um, so we were on top of this mountain as far as you could drive in and my van slipped off the road and it just stopped working. And eventually some dude drove down and we kind of conversed a little bit And he brought us down a little bit further and we just told him that we would figure it out. um, That he did enough and he didn't have to help us any any more than he did. And so we set up camp there and we did our our activities that we decided to come to do. Um, And I had a cell phone at the time, but back in the day when I was 18, around 07, that cell phones weren't that great. They were flip phones, flip phones were the cool thing. And I went to the top of a mountain and tried to call somebody or text somebody and I just, I just didn't have any service. Um, but eventually the dude that brought us to where we were came back and checked on us and he was more than gracious and gave us a tow home, not just us, but the vehicle. (laughs) And it was a sketchy ride home in sleet and snow and no working vehicle. (laughs) That was sketchy, that was scary.
0: (laughs) Um, Was hunting something that you always wanted to do or was that kind of something like you just did it because your friends did it?
1: Honestly, I was very against hunting when I moved here. Um, I'm very in tune to animals, and I really enjoy animals. And I had the view of hunters as being evil people. Um, And I just didn't agree with their way of life. But I learned more so that I lived here. I learned more that... um, Hunting helps the population of the animals here. It helps that they don't get overpopulated and they don't starve to death and stuff like that, as well as it is more healthy to eat. Um, Also, these animals aren't caged up every day. They get to live their best life. And I like meat and I'm not gonna stop eating meat. So (laughs) that's... To me, sounds like the better alternative than going and buying meat from the store. Dogs, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so would you say your relationship with nature before meeting me, I guess, was as a hunter? Is that, was that kind of like your identity as like an outdoors person?
1: No, I wouldn't say that. Um, most of my outdoor activity didn't involve hunting. That was just a season. Um, I did do a lot of backpacking and a lot of fishing and a lot of camping and um, I don't think my outdoor activity has changed that much since meeting you. Yeah, yeah
0: I don't <laughs> think so. Um, so what else did you do? You could talk about like rock hunting and horn hunting and all that kind of stuff too. Just like things
1: that kind of you outside. Other than hunting, I do horn hunting or shed hunting. Shed hunting involves basically just walking all day and you're basically on a treasure hunt. <laughs> uh, you kind of just try to find out where the bull elk live and look for signs of where the bull elk live. Look for rubs. Um Tracks, blood in the tracks. when their their horns are starting to get ready to fall off, they start to bleed, and eventually they fall off. Um, I also do a lot of rock hunting, and I don't know too much about rocks, but I do know I like them. I've always been a rock hunter, honestly, um, even. When I was like five, I'd always go into the alleys of the city and look at all the rocks, and there weren't really that many cool rocks, but they were like cool shapes, hearts and boots and and stuff like that and I'd gather all the rocks and throw them in water and <laughs> scrub them with toothbrush and stuff <laughs> but nowadays, I find more of like petrified wood and garnets and um Just any cool rocks that I can find.
0: Do you consider yourself a hiker?
1: I guess I would consider myself a hiker, yeah. Um, That's not my main activity of outdoors, I think. I feel like my activity in outdoors is very even, I guess, across all my activities. I guess I haven't been rock hunting a lot lately, but it just depends on the season.
0: Um, how well prepared do you feel for this
1: thru-hike? Um, so this is my first thru-hike and <laughs> I guess I am prepared. I would like to say that I'm not because it is my first thru-hike and I don't really know what to expect. Um, I have theories and I have thoughts but I've never physically done it so I don't really know in that aspect makes me believe that I'm not prepared, (laughs) Um, but I've got all the gear, I feel like I've got decent navigation skills, Um, I feel like i got food preparation skills, I've just never have done a thru-hike, a long one.
0: What made you decide to do this hike?
1: What made me decide to do this hike? Well, I guess uh, when Alex and I first started hanging out, I came over and we watched some of his films. And he introduced me into his Hey Duke movie. And that's kind of where I really got the aspect, full aspect of what a thru-hike is. And the time you get for yourself and the time you just get to be you away from all the vibrations of the world. I'm very in tune to energy. I always have been. I've had people ask me if I really believe that if you put good energy into something that that it would come true and I fully believe that. It has to be the right energy, obviously, but um, getting away from all the vibrations of the city. We don't really live in a city, but it's a city um, and there is just man-made vibrations everywhere and I truly believe that that throws off your vibration. Um, And just getting out into nature and natural vibrations can help reset that. I've also just lived a very harsh life, and I have a lot of baggage to work through, a lot.
0: (laughs) Why does that motivate you to go spend five months in the wilderness?
1: Um, It motivates me to go spend a long time, five months into the wilderness, because, I want to heal. I don't want to be stuck in my thought patterns, and I feel like when I get out there, um, I will be able to work through those and work through the toxic patterns. Um, They say it takes 30 days to learn a new habit, and I'm gonna be out there times five at least. So I get a lot of practice.
0: (laughs) Why do you feel like you wouldn't be able to do that here in regular life?
1: I feel like I wouldn't be able to work through those problems more so in this everyday life because we have our jobs. We have just our community and all our things that we have to do. All our responsibilities in everyday life and you're just constantly thinking, of what you have to do next. You're constantly thinking of what you didn't finish. You're constantly thinking of a million thoughts going on and you just can't focus. And this through hike will allow me to focus.
0: Talk about your baggage and where that came from, I guess. And you don't have to get into much detail because we'll get into more detail later and you'll get into more detail on the trail. Um, Maybe just say how like, having a rough childhood kind of has affected you in your adult life and how that stuff has kind of hung around.
1: I do have a lot of baggage. I most often think that I don't have a lot of baggage, to be honest. I think that most things that I've gone through are normal for most people. Um, I've had, parents fighting and divorcing when I was very young, around three-ish, four-ish. I've had physically abusive situations in my life. Um, I've had sexual abusive situations in my life. I've had mental abusive situations in my life. And it's not just one situation, it's been multiples of all of that. And that, I guess, has affected me in my everyday, grown-up life. Um, I used to not be able to go outside. I used to... not be able to do a lot of things. But I've overcome a lot of those things. And this hike is gonna help me overcome a lot more.
0: When you say that sometimes you feel like you don't have a lot of baggage, what do you think that's about?
1: I feel like I'm playing the sympathy card a lot. And I feel like I want people to feel sorry for me sometimes. Um, I think maybe because I haven't got a lot of recognition in my life. And I just think that I'm overthinking things and I don't think that I really have lived through that much. What
0: about when you look at what other people have been through?
1: I still don't think that I've been through that much. (laughs) Um, I have a hard time feeling sorry for myself, I guess, too. Yeah,
0: it seems to me like you, you don't want to play the victim role, even though you actually have been a victim in some cases.
1: I try really hard not to play the victim role. But I think living through some of the things that I've lived through that you do, and it's not healthy, even if you have been a victim, it's not a healthy mindset to overcome that.
0: That's a good point, talk about that some more. (laughs) Why why is it bad to believe that you are a victim?
1: Uh, It's bad to believe that you're a victim because you get trapped in that mindset and you just act like you're a victim and you don't take the healthy necessary steps to overcome those things, and to become healthy again.
0: So this hike is a step to overcome those things?
1: Yes, this hike is a step to overcome those things.
0: Um, How do you plan on using the hike to overcome these things?
1: I don't know. other than like, having time to think about it and process, actually take the time to process those things and willing to accept that I did go through those things, I guess. Um, I often fight the feelings of those situations. And by that I mean I turn off my emotions when I start to feel bad or I start to feel basically any connection to those things. And I go into this numb world and I live in that numb world. And I think walking physically having something physical to do and a goal in mind will keep you going while still having the ability to think about those things and you have nothing else other than to do is think. So I think that will be some steps to heal from those.
0: (laughs) And how do you feel when you think about not having anything to do but think?
1: Um, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't make me happy. It's just a thing, I guess. I don't know.
0: I didn't know if it would scare you or not. It doesn't scare you to just kind of be alone with your own thoughts for a long time.
1: No, it doesn't. Um, Sometimes being alone with my thoughts is a very scary place. But those are at certain times and certain toxic patterns that I have. But overall, it does not scare me to be alone with my thoughts. <laughs> okay.
0: Could you explain what your childhood has done to you? Like, what are the. So, like, what toxic patterns do you have now that are a result of your
1: childhood? I don't, I don't really know if they're a result of my childhood, but some of my toxic patterns is just my way of thinking. I guess that does tie in a lot to my relationship with some of my family members growing up. Um, I didn't have much of a support system. I got talked down to a lot, and I guess that helps those toxic patterns of thinking of how I'm not good enough at something or I'm not strong enough to do something, helps those thought patterns grow. I am very disconnected from the human race, I guess, if you wanna say it that way. Um, I don't have a lot of trust in humans I would say I probably don't have much trust at all in humans. Do you trust yourself? A lot of times yes and a lot of times no. How
0: do you how do you think about yourself? Like what is your kind of self-image? Like <laughs> strong self-confidence, self-doubt?
1: Um It's different on days, different days, different thoughts. Um, I don't have a lot of self-confidence some days. I don't have a lot of self-worth. Other days, I feel like I'm a badass. (laughs) I don't know. I keep losing my train of thought. There's a lot of distractions.
0: Anything else about your self-image? How do you think about yourself?
1: I often feel like I'm not good enough. For a lot of things. I don't know. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> um, I'm trapped in my head a lot.
0: How have the people in your life reacted to this
1: decision? Um, I don't involve myself with a lot of people. Um, I say, I'd probably say the friends that I do have, even though I don't hang out with them a lot, are very close friends. I don't have very many friends where I just hang out with that makes sense? Um, so those friends, a handful, have all been very excited for me. They have all been very supportive, which is a very new experience for me. Um, my coworkers have all been very supportive as well, which has been kind of not expected. I expected my boss to be very upset when I first told him and he was super supportive from the very second I told him and that was a huge relief. Um, my family, I don't talk a lot with a lot of my family, um, but I did talk to my mom and she was very concerned. And with that concern is being non-supportive. But, in the end, she is supportive as long as I keep in touch with her.
0: (laughs) I think you should do, by the way. (laughs) Like, once a week, I think is is
1: fair. Once a week's a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Whatever. Um, Yeah, could you... Just kind of summarize the relationship you have with your family.
1: I don't really have a relationship with my family. Um, The most relationship I have with any of my family members would probably be my mom. And we probably talk on the phone maybe three times a year tops. Tops. Tops.
0: (laughs) What have you done in the past to deal with this trauma or when you feel depressed or down, like what was your coping mechanism in the past?
1: Um, My coping mechanism with dealing with emotions was eating, Um, was separating myself from everybody and everything. Um, it wasn't very healthy, and I learned to just get away from everybody and everything in a healthy way and release all those emotions. <laughs> Were drugs
0: and alcohol ever a part of that? Did you ever use that stuff as an escape?
1: I've tried at some times. I did try to use drugs and alcohol as an escape and I think that was at one of my lowest points and I wasn't able to feel any side effects from any drugs or alcohols. Alcohol. (laughs) I was numb. All I could feel was anger or sadness.
0: So you're so numb that you didn't even feel intoxicated?
1: No. Did not.
0: (laughs) Can you walk me through When was that kind of numb period in your life?
1: Like, age wise? Yeah. I was probably learning to be numb from when I was about 21 to 26 or 27. My deepest, numbest stages of where I just really couldn't feel anything at all anymore was probably when I was about 25 to 27.
0: And what was the catalyst for that? Like what kind of sent you into that spiral?
1: Um, I think my numbness was a learned behavior to escape. And that just turned into something that just was not healthy. (laughs) I don't know. So what,
0: like, what did you have to escape from?
1: all my thoughts, Um, people, everything.
0: (laughs) What was going on in your life during that 21 to 27 age range?
1: Um, I guess some of the hardest things I had to deal with was going on and that would involve I wasn't really in touch with humanity. I didn't have a lot of trust in humans, but I had my dog. And she had gotten cancer. And she passed away and that was probably one of the hardest things I had dealt with since then. Um, She was my rock. (laughs) She was my best friend. She protected me. And I didn't have too many people that would she was all of that for me and she passed away and then my dad got sick as well and it went from him being able to be a normal human to not knowing who i was to not being able to do anything um and passing away as well and that was probably the second hardest thing i had to deal with that should be the first but it's not Um, What did you get sick with? My father passed away from Alzheimer's.
0: (laughs) I guess you should tell us what your relationship with your dad was. It seems complicated.
1: (laughs) It it is very complicated. Um, I love my father a lot and I'm sure he loved me a lot, although it was never very expressed. we did not get along very well, especially living together. We were both very high, strong people. And my father had a lot of his own baggage he had to deal with that he never dealt with. And he had his own toxic traits of anger and yelling, which I learned how to do. And we both had a lot of anger and we both did a lot of yelling and we both did a lot of headbutting. Um, So our relationship wasn't the best or the healthiest.
0: You might as well say why he had a lot of baggage. <laughs>
1: um, from what I know of what my father's lot of baggage is, he fought in the Vietnam War. And I'm sure, although he never really talked about it, he went through a lot And that. Uh, I couldn't imagine anybody not going through a lot fighting in the Vietnam War. He got shot in the leg and he was honorably discharged. And he just was unwilling to talk about it with anybody that I know of. Um, And I'm sure his growing up wasn't the easiest from what I know of his mother, my grandmother. Um, I don't have, I didn't really have any relationship with her. She just wasn't the nicest lady.
0: How do you feel about hiking with your boyfriend
1: of one year? <laughs> Is that why you laughed? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's going to be really hard hiking with Alex because um, I know we're going to have a lot of fights. There's going to be a lot of conflict. But also, I have a lot of faith. And our foundation in our relationship. Um, I feel like even though we've been together for a year, we know each other really well and understand each other. And if we can put our emotions at the time aside, we can work through anything. <laughs> so I think it will be good. <sighs>
0: What are we going to have
1: conflicts about? We will have conflicts about um, pace. That's something that's very true and dear to Alex. <laughs> and this trip, although it is something that I want to accomplish, it is not my goal to finish. My goal is to heal, and his goal is more to finish and film. <laughs> um, so there will be conflict there. And then just working on our relationship. (laughs) That's gonna be a hard thing to do. And it might be a very easy thing to do. I don't know, I've never done it.
0: (laughs) How confident are you that we'll make it? Whether that's finishing or whether that's not finishing and still being together and being happy together and all that.
1: (laughs) Um, I guess I'm really scared for Alex to see me in my deepest moments. Um, It's going to take a very strong person to watch me go through that. But I am like 95 to 99% confident that we will be able to work through it and get through it. My dad. Um, I think it is because we have a solid foundation and we're both very open people. Sometimes we're not. I think that's just a human aspect, but I think we're both very understanding and we're both very open and both very willing And I think um, we have some work to do with our communication, but all those other aspects I think are very strong in our relationship.
0: Oh, okay. Um, A couple different things to talk about this topic, but. Um, how has it been preparing for the hike in terms of our relationship like how how stressful, how confident how, like how how has it been preparing for the hike with me?
1: <laughs> um, preparing for the hike with Alex has been difficult to say the least. It's getting better. Um, this hike was honestly my idea. (laughs) I threw it out to Alex um, that we should do a thru-hike together and he can film some sort of movie on mental health because I have a lot of mental health issues. (laughs) And it just kind of felt more that it wasn't my idea and I wasn't involved and that upset me a lot and it frustrated me a lot and I kept getting told to wait my time's coming (laughs) and it just never came and I was just getting really frustrated because I watched Alex get overwhelmed with activities and overwhelmed with things that he had to do and I was just sitting there doing nothing and I was just really, really trying to help, but I just didn't know how. And I think he didn't know how to ask for help. That would true.
0: How has the other aspects of preparation been going? Aside from our relationship, just like prepping with gear and prepping with <sighs> resources and quitting your job and just like kind of setting your life in order. What's, what's that process been like for you?
1: process of putting my life on hold I wouldn't say I'm putting my life on hold I would say that I'm quitting my life Um, I think I'm going to come back a completely different person I also think that I'm quitting my job I'm leaving my home everything I come back to is not going to be the same so I am quitting my life And it's a very scary process. Everything that I have right now, I worked for very hard. I have had no handouts in life. And I am putting a huge leap of faith into this and that's very scary. So there's been a lot of anxiety. There's been a lot of panic attacks. There's been a lot of faith and trust in that this process is going to work.
0: Where's that trust coming from? It seems like you have these trust issues, at least with people. Why are you allowing yourself to trust that this is going to work?
1: I just have a feeling. Um, I have these feelings sometimes. And whether I listen to them or not, they turn out to be true. And I have that feeling about this. And I'm going with it.
0: Talk about the car accident and the feeling you had
1: with that, just like real quick. Um, there was one morning I woke up and I just had a really deep feeling that I should just call in and not going to work. And me being a workaholic and not being able to call in for something that I'm not on my deathbed for, I couldn't, I had to just go to work. I had to put it aside and I had to go to work. Um, On my way to work, maybe 10 miles, onto the highway, probably not even 10 miles, I don't really know, I'm not good at that, but I hit a patch of black ice and I lost control of my vehicle and it started to swerve into the medium and I overcorrected and it swerved to the other side of the road and it went down into the ditch and we shot up into the air and the truck flipped and the truck kept flipping. And um, glass was spraying everywhere. And I just, I don't know, everything was kind of in slow motion. And I stopped spinning, (laughs) rolling, and I ended up being on all four wheels and there was a guy standing next to my window screaming at me asking if i was okay (laughs) and he just couldn't hear me saying that i was okay and he was trying to rip the door open and the car was just too smashed up to open and he ran to the other side of the truck still screaming asking if i was okay and i was trying to tell him that i was and he just couldn't I couldn't imagine being that in his shoes, watching that. Um, And he finally got the door open and he finally saw that I was okay. And I took my seatbelt off and I crawled out and I wasn't bleeding. Nothing was broken. I was fine. (laughs) My dogs were okay. I had two dogs in the truck um, and they were completely fine too. And the truck was not. <laughs> the truck was deemed totaled, um, and I just shouldn't have gone to work that day.
0: <laughs> well, I love the story there.
1: <laughs>
0: it's kind of a miracle. You see of that truck.
1: I have video of it and stuff too. Yeah, maybe you can put that in there.
0: Um, You
1: touched on it a little bit, but what are the pros and cons of hiking with me? Pros and cons of hiking with Alex Meyer. He is experienced, so that's a pro. He is well-knowledged in the nature aspect, so that's a pro. Um, He is a companion. So that's a pro. We will be able to work as a team, if we can figure that out. have Faith, we will. It will take a few steps to get there, but I think we will. Um, so that's a pro. A con would probably just be that we will have conflicts. And I have a feeling some of those conflicts will be pretty big. So that's a con. And I feel like that that might be the only con for me.
0: Are you more excited or nervous at this point about the hike?
1: I would say I'm more nervous just because I have a hard time feeling excited for things.
0: Um, So that's just like kind of your natural state of things. You don't really get excited about things maybe until they're already happening.
1: <laughs> I probably don't get excited about things until they've happened. Just because I don't think that they're going to happen. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I noticed that with the car. <laughs> <laughs> but who else is coming on the hike?
1: Who else is coming on the hike? Mm-hmm. Um, Minnow minnows coming
0: (laughs) what does she mean to you like why is she so important why is it so important that she comes on the hike
1: (laughs) it's super important that minnow comes on this hike that dog has probably saved my life more ways and times than i can count Um, we are just inseparable we go everywhere and do everything together and she's my rock she comes to work with me. She goes everywhere with me, like everywhere with me. <laughs> Typically, if she can't go, I won't go.
0: Did you live without her for six months?
1: No. <laughs> no, I could not live without her for six months and I don't, I'm not even willing to try.
0: What are your biggest fears about the hike?
1: My biggest fears about the hike is disappointing Alex. Um, That we won't make it through. That I will not have the capabilities of doing it mentally or physically.
0: What are you hoping to find out here on the hike?
1: I'm hoping to find my purpose in life.
0: Do you think having a purpose in life will help you deal with some of the stuff left over from your childhood, some of that baggage?
1: I don't know if I would say that it would help me deal with any of that. I think it would help me going forward in life and enjoying life and feel filled and feel accomplished and feel good.
0: (laughs) Have you thought about what a life without this baggage would be like? (laughs) Like, can Can you even imagine that?
1: I'm sure I have tried to imagine what life would be like I think everybody has some sort of thoughts of if and what and but and all those thoughts that come with all of those questions. But this is my life, and this is what I know, and that's all I can go off of. You did
0: the important stuff.
1: I mean, I know I can do it. anything else you want
0: to say no good
1: job thanks